it is. I'm Charles Holmes from The Ringer Music Show. And I'm Cole Kushner from Dissect. And Charles and I are teaming up to create Last Song Standing, a new show where we determine an artist's single best song by debating our way through their entire catalog. And for our first season, we're covering Kendrick Lamar. We're talking Good Kid to Pimple Butterfly, Damn, Mr. Morale, the mixtapes, the Lucy's, and the features. Listen to Last Song Standing on the Dissect podcast feed only on Spotify. Hey, hey, my Eagle enthusiasts, this is Fairway Rollin' presented by FanDuel. Elevated events, majors, and more are coming up, and FanDuel is here to help you line up a win during the PGA Tour season. Check out live PGA Tour bets like Longest Drive, Round Leaders, Matchups, Birdie or Better, and more, plus track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official betting operator of the PGA Tour. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Quick disclaimer, you must be 21 years old and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House. I'm joined by my inimitable, incomparable accomplice, our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground, Nathan Hubbard. My birdie buddies, my par-saving pals, my eagle enthusiasts. It is the Open Championship. We are upon the eve. The fortnight is merely moments away. Let's get this thing started. You know how we do this when it's big, major time. And my friends, look, I don't have to overdo it. I am a little caffeinated, but this is a a, a historical moment. The week thus far has been marvelous. We must have uh, uh, an accomplice up to the stature of this wonderful tournament, our beloved Justin Ray, the head of content for the 21st group. JR, how you doing, buddy? I'm great. This is, if you're in the States, this is a big week for caffeine. This is a huge week for the automated uh, coffee maker, right? So you can 
you're going to have it ready to go, whether you're somebody who's up at 1.30 or, I mean, it's damn near like 11 o'clock, you'll see some golf shots on the West Coast, right? So you're um, making, you know what? This is a great call and <laughs> and they do not sponsor this show, but I absolutely adore. Are you familiar with Cometeer? Do you know this brand? I'm not, no. So they'll ship you these little frozen capsules and you keep them in your freezer until you're ready and they thaw very very quickly and if you're how snorts them i like iced coffee i'm an iced coffee guy especially in the summer yeah so i melt these little suckers i pour them i I go two at a time because i i you know i like to run hot jr i like Uh, i drink my iced coffee but i like to run hot you know what i mean oh yeah 100 percent. yeah so look big Big week for that entire industry. I mean, <laughs> Big there's, week a, there's, for the- there's a there's a Bucky's about a block away, and there's a 95% chance that I'm getting a Monster Energy drink at 3.30 in the morning at some point this week. I I, I mean, the, the broadcasts start at, at 1 in the morning, right? You, you can we, tune yeah, in. Yeah, that's one. not the beginning of my day. I'm already well into the marathon at that point when I'm, you know, needing to go to the, the, uh, the special reserve. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to start this off. And I feel like you kind of know where, where, where I'm heading. It's not going to come as a surprise. Who's going to win this golf tournament? We're talking about the 150th competing of the Open Championship, the 29th at St. Andrews. And why is it Rory McIlroy? It's just off the top yeah. rope, just immediately Bang. out of the gates. Um, look, there's a lot of reasons to like the way Rory's playing, right? I mean, um, I think, you know, over the last several months, he's in the top 10 in virtually every uh, ball striking statistic on tour. And maybe the biggest improvement has been his play with his wedges. I mean, that was the biggest thing that was holding him back earlier in the year. If you could say anything was he entered the masters dead last on the PGA tour in proximity from 50 to 125 yards since May 1st. He's seventh, it's been unbelievable. seventh on tour. And that's statistic since May 1st, he's been incredible. awesome. So that's the biggest turnaround he's had also since I think it's the beginning of March, or the beginning of April, something like that. He's in the top 10 on the PGA tour in strokes game putting. That's not something we often we're able to say about Rory McIlroy. We're often talking about his driver, his great TV green game, but he's had it all going on statistically. And, you know, he was the one guy in the top 15 in the world who didn't play in the Scottish Open, you know, took his time getting with Justin. Now he's probably, he's got more obligations than most of those guys. It's kind of a, you know, he's almost quasi, he's obviously still in his prime, but he's got a legacy behind him too, right? So when he goes to these championships, he's in the events with, you know, he's, he's walking with Tiger at the, the thing on Monday and Lee Trevino and Jack Nicholas and all the legends and stuff. So, He's got some extra stuff to do there. I kind of like that decision to take a week instead of going in after a week at the Scottish Open when he um, probably would have had a long, you know, a long 72 holes there. So, um, but on the course, I mean, everything to like about Rory. going into. Well, and I'm so glad you used the word legacy because part of what we're anticipating with this week is a champion befitting of, of the moment. The way the golf gods are... Nothing if not, you know, shrewd. They have a sense of humor. But, you know, when the when the big moments are upon us, and we covered this a little bit with our good pal, your good pal as well, Jason Sobel, on Monday's show, um, when the big moments are 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 upon us in the in the history of, of golf, we tend to get champions of a stature befitting those moments. And I one of the things that I'm absolutely gonna play, and I know we're gonna get to this gentleman and we'll have a nice deep dive. Um, shortly, but I am, I'm a positive vibes only. I'm a top notch stature kind of guy. Do you understand? Do you, are you guys aware that if you parlay 
Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy to make the cut. You get near even odds. It's only minus 112, tiny bit of juice. That's the juice you lay on a Sunday football game, right? We're right around the corner. Tiny bit of juice for the action. Tiger and Rory to make the cut. Positive vibes only. The defenders of the faith, the legacy golfers, the champion golfers of, of of the epic era. I mean... Uh, you know, that's just one thing I put out there for everybody to consider. I will say from like from just a strictly like math perspective, the open championship, it's not quite the masters where you have all the past champions out there, but there's a large number of ceremonial players at the open who will not mm-hmm. make the cut. Right. Like Mark Kalkovecki is playing in his last open this year. He got a special grant to play. He's, you know, he's on the other side of his 60th birthday. I mean, he's out there for, you know, nostalgia and for personal reasons and because he's a past champion, right? There's a handful of those guys. So it's not like a a U.S. Open where there is no real presence like that, where there might be a couple of special exemptions. But so from a numbers perspective, that's another dozen, 15 guys that Tiger probably doesn't have to worry about beating. There's a handful of amateurs. Um, Yeah, you know, I think that's a pretty good number, especially for somebody who, look, he's Tiger's been gearing up towards this for since – I don't know, the car accident. I mean, like for two years, like this has been what he's been working towards. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a shorter walk. It's going to be a golf course. that's going to value course knowledge and knowing how to hit certain types of shots and be able to save shots around the greens. Kind of like that time, those two together. That's a, that's, that's a pretty solid reason for me. Well, you're starting to go there, but that was the question I wanted to ask you. Tell us what are the stats that matter on this course because it's hard to find the hole in Rory's game, but but do the strengths of his game line up with what you see as the keys to success this week? Yeah, so what I'll start with is that the Open Championship values horse knowledge and performance around the greens more so than the other three major championships. The last 10 seasons, the average scrambling rank that week for the Open winner is 3.6. That's astronomically high. The other three majors, it's 13.3. So it's not even close. On the flip side, Hmm. open champions have an average greens and regulation rank of about 15 and a half. It's 6.3 for the other three majors. So what that illustrates to you is that there is a little bit more randomness here when you come to the open championship. There have been six winners age 40 or older in majors since 2011 in the men's game. Four of them have come at the open. The door's open for a lot more guys. Pun not intended there, just kind of slipped out. Um, but it, it's the door is open for more types of players. You don't necessarily, you know, go into an open championship having to exclude a bunch of guys because of distance. Man, Andrews is not a long golf course, right? Like it's it's going to tie a lot of it's going to bring a lot of players in together. Zach Johnson won in 2015. I mean, it, it, this is not that yeah. long ago, and Zach Johnson was you know he was still a top 50 player in the world, but it wasn't like his halcyon peak days of, of being as good as he was. So um, there are a lot of guys who will be involved in this simply because distance is not a number one priority. You can gain shots on the field around the greens. You can also lose a ton of shots if you get yourself into some bad spots. And I think that's something that's going to be really significant going into the week. So we touched base very briefly on Tiger. We just sort of, you know, tickled the the the, the thread a little bit. What I'm interested in is um, what? an aspect. What do you mean what? Tickled the what? The thread. Oh, okay. <laughs> I took we it as like a message it. thread. Yeah, that's, that's right. The yes. yeah. That's yeah. right. We're just sort of walking our way into it gently. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like the observation you made, JR, about 
the course knowledge aspect because folks have been reminding us of the relationship between success at Augusta National and success at at um, St Andrews, and you know the high performers at Augusta National, high performers. There's a correlation there with um, St Andrews, and so um, we were very bullish on Tiger making the cut at um, the Masters without knowing at all what kind of physical shape he was going to be in. And a lot of that concept is like he can close his eyes and get his way around that golf course. Right. And here, you know, one of the things that jumped out in the press conference this week, he affirmatively said this is his favorite golf course on planet Earth, which was like felt like kind of a revelation in in, in a way. Um, his practice has been unlike any of the practice up to the other majors. Obviously, we yes. know that he had it circled. You've already referenced it. We 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 have uh, already conviction about him making the cut. How are you kind of sizing up what we've seen out of his game thus far? Is there anything to draw from what we've observed from his game, or are we just saying this is Tiger? We're at St Andrews. You 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 play him to make the cut, and then he's a top twenty play, a top thirty play. Like, what direction do we go from there? I lean way more to the latter. I just don't think you can take a lot of sock in any of the actual on course stuff you've seen from Tiger. He's played six six competitive rounds, seven competitive rounds all year. I mean, um, mm-hmm. Southern Hills was always going to be a task. I mean, the man struggles to walk, and the course's name has the word hills in it. Like it was always going to be a, a little bit more of a difficult thing to to accomplish, but. Look, we've talked about St. Andrews for over a year in terms of flat piece of land, a shorter walk, tight, you know, not long walks between holes, um, all those little ancillary things that we think of as factors for Tiger now and his body and his health. It, this is basically the quintessential major championship venue, right, where, where he's able to, you know, not face as many obstacles physically um, when it comes to course setup. So. Um, yeah, but from a performance standpoint, you, you can't really take anything that, you know, unless you're, you know, anybody, unless you're Joe LaCava and you've been walking with him, watching him play or, you know, Rory or JT has some insights on how he's hitting the ball. Um, there's just not a lot you can draw from, from that point of view, but look, this is Tiger Woods at St. Andrews. This is the 150th open. Um, I, I don't want to be like a total downer, but that image of Jack and Tiger standing on this Wilkin bridge, like there's a really good chance we never see that again. Like that's the, that's the last time we're going to see those two guys in that place at the same time. Right. Like this is a big, big moment. Like the overwhelming thing going into this championship is that I feel like 20 years from now, we're going to look back at this summer and it seems obvious maybe a little bit now, but if Liv goes on to succeed, this is like the flashpoint end of an era. Like this is a huge deal. So, um, and maybe that doesn't come to pass. Maybe there are, other factors that come into play and live as isn't as successful as it looks like it's going to be. Maybe that's the case, but it, it looks to me like this is a defining moment in the history of professional golf and professional touring golf in the men's game. And this is a guy who has seized every significant moment you can basically think of in the sport, right? Um, completing the tiger slam, going to St. Andrews to complete the grand slam when he's 24, um, you know, I think uh, at St. Andrews in 2005, I think that was his last major. He only had two more majors left before he turned 30 to get to 10 majors. There's just like these little things that he just seemingly grasps onto and excels in the biggest moment. He was one of the only athletes in the history of the sport who had 
incomprehensible hype leading up to it. And he actually lived up to it. Right. And, and he's always lived up to these giant moments. So it feels selfish to expect it, but maybe if we just expect made cut, you know, maybe, maybe one round in the sixties, you know, maybe that's something that we can look to and, and not feel too overwhelmed in terms of, of having too expect too big of expectations. Well, t- speaking of living up to the moment, we talked on yesterday's pod about the press conference that Tiger was invariably going to give and what he was going to say about Liv. And he certainly brought his A game to that press conference when it came yeah. to pulling out the ninja sword and saying what, you know, we, we, I think a lot of people were waiting for him to say, which is effectively, I don't understand it. It's kind of a betrayal of everything that we've created here at the PGA Tour. And you know, without being quite so direct, he's saying it's a betrayal of everything I created for you here at the PGA Tour. But those guys are here yeah. and they're playing. And my question for you is, who's going to be the lowest live guy this week? Is there anybody out of that field of old men and injured people and young nobodies who you think is going to be in the mix here? And if not, even still, tell us who's the best in that field right now. Well, I think the first name you go to, you know, the last two times the Open was at St. Andrews. Louis Ustazen's won by eight and lost in a playoff. So um, Hmm. I know he hasn't played his best golf this year, but I think that's the first name that I look at. I still think that Brooks Kepka has, you know, that turn up, animalistic, you know, competitor type vibe to him when he gets to a major championship. Um, so I still think he could be a factor. Um, is he still the same guy? I uh, will see, you know, his game hasn't been in the same place over the last six to nine months, but I still think that capability is there. Um, and, and I don't think we've seen, you know, the end of, I don't think we've seen the end of Dustin Johnson's, you know, best, no. maybe we've seen his best golf, but I still think he's a viable competitor too. Um, I, a lot of people are saying some positive things about watching Abraham answer on that golf course this week. Uh, but the first name I look at in terms of live guys who can contend is it's gotta be used and simply because of what he's done on the golf course in the past. Hmm. Fair enough. No, no reason to argue with that. I'm not putting them in any of my action this week because but, my no. action this week is, is all going to be positive vibes only. That, okay. That's how we're getting. Down. <laughs> I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I got well, speaking question, of positive you know? vibes only. Speaking yeah. of positive vibes only, I'm grabbing the wheelhouse and I'm turning it left because I know we're going to talk about a bunch of the top 10 guys and we want to hear what Jay Ray has to say. But there's a guy who has been playing his ass off who we talked about together last time pre-US Open and is is the uh, he is the guy who is paired with Tiger Woods this week. And that's Mr. Max Homa. Jay Ray, okay. I want to know, I want to know, because Max Holm is not winning the British Open, but this is a guy who has been one of the best players, and Jay Ray, you can confirm this for me, but he's been one of the best players on tour for the last six months at least. And I want to know, you know, he knows he's got the next step to make, which is to play really well in a major. Wasn't terrible at the U.S. Open, but is this a guy who can finally break through? Should we be looking at Max Homa for a top 20 on this course, given he's going to be playing with his idol? He's going to have all the motivation in the world. The game seems to be there. How do you feel about a Max Homa this week? Look, for the last several months, Max Homa has been a top 10 player on the PGA Tour. A lot of the analytics back it up. He's hit another 
kind of echelon in terms of his career. And it's shown on the course, whether it was his win at Wells Fargo, contending somewhat at the PGA Championship at his best showing in the major at Southern Hills a couple of months ago. Um, all the metrics back up Max Homa being a different player than he was 24 months ago, 18 months ago, 12 months ago. He is incrementally getting to the place where he can be a major championship contender. And I'm trying not to, you know, show any like bias because I like the guy so much and I've had some good conversations with him. Um, but I just think strictly from an analytical perspective, if you just took Max Homa and called him player A and looked at all his numbers and the trends that he's gone through analytically over the last six to 12 months, he's immediately a name you circle somebody who, okay, maybe he's not going to win the open at St. Andrews this week. I would not be surprised if he finished in the top 10. I wouldn't be surprised if he won a playoff event this year. I mean, no one would be surprised by any of those things. So no, maybe it's not that outlandish to think he could contend and maybe be a factor at the open championship this week. Um, you know, I know I, I kind of am in this, he's not quite in that like Patrick Cantlay group where you got to show me before I really buy into it. You know, he's not in the same right. level of number of wins and place in the world ranking and all that. Um, but there's a little element of that to where I want to see a little bit more on more difficult golf courses on major championship golf courses before I back him and say, okay, this is when he's going to break through. But it wouldn't be surprised to me if he could contend just looking at his analytical profile. I love where Nathan's just taken us. I want to stay in this, this left-hand turn. I want to, I want to stay in this lane because, um, you just hit on a couple things that I think, you know, will, will prove to be kind of a fun and fruitful way to talk about this. And maybe even our buddies at FanDuel can help write up a little, a little prop here. Now, one of the things I want to touch on is you mentioned like on, on a, in a difficult kind of golf course, difficult condition, every, indication thus far we're taping we this might not Tuesday. have that this week <laughs> exactly dude it looks like it's going to be 70 degrees and the wind it looks like the wind is 10 miles an hour except for maybe a slight uptick on thursday afternoon it gets to be in the 15 we're going low the 15 baby. to yeah. 20s right so if we're looking at, at um a situation where the winner could come in i i hate to say it but it might be between 20 under and 24 under par um well let me let me just ask that question first before before i proceed into the the fun proposition i want to put in front of you do you have any reason to think that the the scores are not going to be that high is it is it like just the basic um pressure of you know the 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 open championship layering on the 150th layering on all the sort of history will that dampen the the scoring or is it is it going to be a birdie fest out there 2015, we had a day where they stopped because the wind was blowing so hard and the winning score 15 under got into a playoff. Yeah. So no, I mean, if there's the first bet I make, if they have an over under 19 and a half under pars, a winning score, I'm taking the under whatever, the more than 19 and a half under par. I'm trying to say that correctly. Yes. Under open. yes. But yeah. Yeah. Like 20, 21, 22. That's kind of what I'm looking at. Like, Look, this, this is an ancient golf course, right? This is not meant for, you know, tailor-made stealth drivers and, you know, range finders. Like, this is a different, this is not built with that in mind. This was in the time of featheries and teeing up balls with little pillars of dirt, okay? So, it's, it's uh, we're going to see low scores to par. Don't be scared by it. Don't think this is, oh, this is a, this is a tragedy. I mean, look. You saw how hot and, uh, you know, basically there was no wind last year at the Open Championship Royal St. George's. And we saw some of the lowest scoring days by the field in the history of the Open. I think we're going to have a lot more of that this week. So that, 
uh, we we're in agreement uh, on, on that um, sort of context, that that setting. Picking back up on the Max Homa, I want to figure out a way to have him go head to head with Victor Hovland and with Sam Burns because now you have three guys that are all, I think, my my in my view, the on the verge guys. These guys have been awesome over the course of the. 2021 2022 season none of them have a top 10 in a major which feels kind of curious for how good they've been we know what's wrong with victor hovland he oh the scrambling he's, he's stats still, gonna be the problem he's still 204th in strokes gained around the green um and you know i i don't Sam Burns has sort of every aspect of his game seems to be in order. It's just sort of an, you know, what, which way he, what, what side of the bed he woke up on as between Homa Burns and Hovland. What, who, who would be your horse this week? Who, who, who would you climb on? Well, I'm a big fan of Victor Hovland's game, but unfortunately I'm going on this podcast again. And I'm, I, you do not want, you don't want any three digit ranking as a, as a top 10 player in the world in any particular statistic, you really don't want a three digit ranking that starts with two. And that's what, that's what Victor has in strokes gained around the green. I talked about how, you know, scrambling is going to be important. Um, there's some places you can put yourself around the green that are really bad. Um, some creativity is going to be needed there. Um, just from that statistic alone, um, I, you got to think there's a seven or eight out there at some point for Victor that, that, that makes things tough for him. Um, he's probably also going to make a ton of birdies. because That's what he does. But um, yeah, that's the first, the first thing I cross off there, um, is Victor and it leaves you with, with Burns against Homa. The ceiling I think is a little bit higher for Sam Burns. And, and like you said, we haven't really seen either of those guys, you know, in the heat of it on Sunday in a major championship. And I always think that's such a defining first thing in a player's career. I mean, you need some of those, it feels like, I guess with the exception of being Colin Morikawa, who just wins the first time he plays in particular majors. Um, you need a little bit of that, right? A little bit of that scar tissue before you break through. It just seems like a natural progression for a championship player. Um, I'll take Sam narrowly over Max. I'm sorry, Max. I love you. But um, just because of the different, just the complete balance that Mac, that, that Burns has through his bag and he gains strokes on the field and everything he does. Um, and he's got the potential to get really hot with his putter. So um, I'll go with Sam narrowly over Max. So one of the things that's made all of our jobs harder when we are asked to make picks is that the the list of guys who could at any week step up, as you said, House, like Sam Burns, if he decides to get out of bed on the right side, he can go win a golf tournament. So the, the list of young guys in this top 25 is wonderfully deep. And so especially as we focus in on the top 10, which... This week is Scheffler, McElroy, Rom, Cantley, Shoffley, Cam Smith, JT, Morikawa, Victor, and Fitzpatrick, with Burns at eleven. It feels just at looking at that, you might cross off Hovland for the reasons you just yeah. mentioned. We've talked about Rory. Who on that list jumps out from a statistical standpoint for you this week that would cause you to believe, knowing that any of them on any given Sunday could close a golf tournament? But of those guys, who pops for you this All week? Right, this is an open court Derek Fisher lob to Kobe flying through the air to dunk uh, on this one for me because it's Xander Shoffley through the roof. I mean, 
And, and it seems really obvious because he's won the last two tournaments he's played and won that pro. Well, it sure between. wasn't two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, this is a guy who I think he has nine top tens in majors since 2017. Only Kepka and Rory have more in that span. Um, he's shown, he's done basically everything in this sport except win a major championship, including winning an Olympic gold medal, tour championship, Ryder Cup. He's done everything he can except win a major. And he's got the balanced statistical profile to where his game travels everywhere. He's on, he's playing the best golf of his career. Um, you know, I thought there were a lot of moments Sunday at the Scottish Open where it, it really looked like it was a different guy. Like that eight foot putt for par on 17 that he made, he misses that the first four years of his career. Like he, that is not yeah. a putt that he has made historically coming down the stretch most of the time. Um, and it was yeah. such a huge save because then he was able to, that 18th hole was impossible last week at, at uh, the Scottish Open. And he was able to go with a two-shot cushion, play it conservatively. I mean, that par save at 17 won him the tournament. It was, it was a huge moment. And yeah. I just thought that was just kind of so anecdotal about a guy who's turned the corner in his career. So um, I'm really big on Xander this week. I think from an odds perspective, he's, he's, the numbers are a little hot, you know, and they should be because he's coming off back-to-back wins. Kind of wish that maybe those – two wins in a row happened like a month ago. <laughs> and yeah, I was going to say statistically, how, how do guys do on back to back? So he's the sixth player in the last 10 seasons to go into a major coming off back to back wins seven. If you count Dustin Johnson in 2017, when he fell down the stairs, quote unquote, at the masters and had <laughs> he was coming off back to back wins, but six guy, Zan will be the sixth guy to tee it up coming off back to back wins. All five finished in the top 10 that week in their major championship. Rory went on to win. That was in 14 when he went, went at the open, when Bridgestone and won the PGA of Valhalla. So um, Xander is kind of, he's kind of in that groove right now where, you know, that was a, that was a pretty strong field of the travelers. It was a really strong field at the Scottish open, the, the biggest win of his career so far in terms of world ranking points. Um, I'm, I'm really big on Xander Schauffele this week. Xander's plus 160 to top yeah, 10. House. I know. Yeah. Don't think for one second, I wasn't flying right over while Jay Ray was talking, looking at that price. And thinking to myself, that is a fairway rolling lock of the week. Lock. Absolute the, the, lock. The only reason whatsoever that I can come up with to fade Xander, and and it, it's the it's the smallest f ever, would be some kind of using f words fatigue, like just the sheer weight of that four hole. Uh, I mean that four round exhaustion. You know, he he had he was right at the fifty four hole lead going in and then he held up, you know, the, the up and down of that, that Scottish open. Um, and I, you know, and he was immediately on Monday out at the old course. It looked wonderful. He's just having the best time of his life in shorts and stuff. All I could come up with is, is that he might, maybe he's a little tired. Maybe it'll catch up with them. I don't think Thursday or Friday. It's like he wakes up Saturday morning. He's like, Oh my God. Oh my God, but that would be it. Then that would be the only reason why he's not top five. I'll give you one more. When's the last time we had a really crispy baked out Brown open championship. Carnoustie 2018, 54 old co-leader that week. Xander Shoffley finished tied for second, nearly won the tournament. Molinari just made one more birdie than he did coming down the stretch. I mean, we know we remember tiger getting in the mix and Molinari's great play. But Xander was right there, and so right don't get there. it twisted. So if you—that's yeah. got a lot of validation for the Xander truthers this week. A lot of it, a lot of it. I mean, look, look for so long the conversation about him was oh, he just doesn't win enough. Well, 
all the underlying numbers said that they were coming. The wins were coming, and they, there were a lot of them on the way. And you know what? Here they are, and maybe his first major championship is this week. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no. But angel hair pasta, Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, you know who who else we, we like to, to speak the truth on here at Fairway Rolling? And, and JR, a lot of this um, great analytics is in your story that's up right this second, pjtour.com, breaking down the best link style players ahead of the Open. Put it up there yesterday. Um we went on the wonderful, always exciting, never uh, uh, anything less than exhilarating Jordan Spieth roller coaster ride over the course of the, the Scottish <laughs> Open. I actually, you know, in in, in the preview uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had our, our good buddy Pat Mayo on, and he made the observation as we were sizing up the Scottish and thinking about how we wanted to play the British Open that the prices for for outright winners at the Scottish Open were were so much so far superior to the prices for the British like uh, uh our boy Jordan Spieth was 28 or 29 to 1 to win the Scottish and his price for the stupid Open Championship was like in the <laughs> 20 or 19 range it's like why not grab that discrepancy price wise and just ride it out and I had a bunch of Jordan exposure over the course of of of, of this week and and I don't regret it. I mean, no. you know, he was within a shot, two shots middle of of his round and he did what he does sometimes, which is, you know, smack one, it's a little pull hook, a little pull yeah. hook, you know, Jar, on the par three. for eagle and then hit it 70 miles right into the <laughs> sea. You know. Yeah. It's just terrible. It's what he does. It's why it's, it's why he's does. exciting. You yes. Know? He's plus 124 head to head with Rom this week. How do you feel? Mm. Yeah. Look, I, I I will say thank you for plugging my article, pjtour.com. I really appreciate it. Of course, it. of course. A lot of work went into that. Historically speaking, over the last seven, eight years, he is the best player, not just at the open championship, but we did our best to try to define link C courses. And basically we picked seaside British Isles courses, right? So we did our best to try to find that kind of collection. 
he's by far the best player on them. He averages nearly three strokes gained total per round. Um, I think second best was was around two for Brooks Kepka in that span. Um, that's a huge differential over from one versus two. Um, at the Open Championships in 2015, oh, since 2013 rather, when he made his debut, most birdies, most rounds in the 60s. Like, there's all these numbers that point to him being the most consistent, you know, really good player. Most mind fucks. <laughs> that too. Yeah, I've got that in the I've got that in the spreadsheet too. It's hidden, but you know, you, a couple clicks away, and you can find that right there. Um, yeah, but look, statistically speaking. I mean, he could have won last year if Morikawa would have ever missed a putt, which he did not. Um, he, Spieth was right there and finished runner-up. So, um, I don't know, man. It's tough to pick anybody against John Rahm any week, though. I mean, that's that's a tough one to swallow, especially if Rahm feels a little bit slighted. Nobody really talking about him well, going into well, let's this week. Run through the Rahm. Let, let's, let's do yeah. it. Because the thing that we just observed at the Scottish – um, mm-hmm. it is, is to me the reason, cause uh, when we're in this level, we're, 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 we're slicing slices. So, so paper thin, the prosciutto, you know, the yeah. prosciutto, we're, we're slicing it so thin. We want it, you know, the perfect, uh, uh, one millimeter to wrap around the little bite of melon. The, 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 the only way to separate Spieth and Rom for, for me is, is temperament, which is like a kind of a ridiculous thing to say, except for. We went on the speed roller coaster ride and he still finished top, you know, 15, I think, top 10 at the Scottish. Yeah, 10th, I think. T10. 10th. Rom, by contradistinction, complained about the behavior. Now, this is at the, why was Jim Nance calling it the Renaissance Club, by the way? Just call that's, it. That's the, how they pronounce it. That's how they pronounce it. I'm that's not going to say how Rena- we pronounce if it. You notice I've been saying Scottish Open because I didn't yeah. want to tread on that ground. I'm not. It's preposterous. I'm from Houston. I ain't saying Renaissance. That ain't happening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm from <laughs> Silver Spring, Maryland. I ain't saying Renaissance either. But he hit a ball that behaved in a manner that he wasn't anticipating and showed a frustration. And now it's old shtick to say, "Oh, Rom, he gets in his own head. He's in his own way." I don't believe that. Right. That that's that's an old uh, meme. But I I do think for the 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 resiliency to take on unexpected bad bounces how quickly you 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 bounce back what you know what whether or not it's it's something that that lingers i i i, I don't like that level of complaint and him f bombing off the tee I, though i do like you know how authentic it is and how relatable that was i mean i i, I took piece that piece of shit putting contest <laughs> yes well, that no, he he was cursing at the Scottish. So, so two points for you there. You mentioned Jordan, and you compare temperament and recovering from bad places. Jordan, his most famous shot, I mean, is in sequence at that Open in 2017 when he won. He hit it like behind the Titleist to trailer, you know, 700 yeah. yards away from where anyone was playing golf, a mile from Matt Kuchar, and then he did the crazy made putt go get that. So it's like the polar opposite of like thriving in the adverse conditions. Right. And then my, my counter to you with your, with the ROM outward expression one, I think he's just very expressive naturally. Yes. He's a very, he's an open book. He is that way in the press room. I'm i I'm a lot like that. So I kind of relate to it and I kind of, I kind of like it in a way, Me too. but, and I will say this absolutely overwhelming talent and the numbers just, just, fly through the screen when you look at what he's done in the majors 
over the last two and a half years. Since the 2019 U.S. Open, he leads virtually every scoring statistic in the majors of anybody. So um, we know how good John Rahm is. I don't – those little flare-ups happen from time to time, right? Um, and, look, when you're successful and you're good, they can be endearing. And when you're playing bad, then you're a pain in the ass. So um, I, <laughs> you can take it either way. But uh, I'm, uh, that's a tough call for me, but I think I will take speak barely head-to-head against John Rahm, but it hurts to do that. In the spring, I think the two golfers that we were talking the most about were Cam Smith coming out of the players and Scotty Scheffler coming out of the Masters. It's not that we're not talking about them now, but they've gone a little bit quiet through the Xander Renaissance and a lot of the live stuff. Talk to me about those two guys this week and how you assess their chances for for, uh, the old course. Well, you got to really love what Cam did on the weekend at the Scottish Open, not yeah. the Renaissance Club, the Scottish Open. Does uh, it matter? 60, 68. Well, I think you can. I mean, it can give you a little bit of hope, you know, but the, the most glaring number for Cam um, that, that stuck out to me in his major championship career, he's 15 under par at the Masters, right? All his best, four of his five, five of his six best major finishes come to Masters. 15 under at the Masters, 99 over par in the other three majors. So, he thrives at Augusta National. It's a course that really fits him. His only other really great major championship appearance outside of Augusta was at Chambers Bay in 2015 in his major championship debut. He was like hmm. 21, 22 years old. So um, that's something to keep an eye on. I was a little bit encouraged um, by look, he's still a pretty young player. I think we forget that because he's been, you know, at the forefront of the game for a while, but getting more reps in different kinds of conditions and kind of you know, playing better on the weekend at the Scottish Open than he did in rounds one and two, that kind of, you know, that's kind of a promising thing for me. So um, I'm, I'm not super bullish on him this week because I think he's just so much of a better player at a place like Augusta National. But you, know, you talked about the corollaries between success at Augusta and at St. Andrews. You know, a lot of, cha- you know, just think about the champions between those two courses, whether it's Seve, Jack, Tiger, Faldo, you know, this list goes on and on. So um, he, he's somebody who's interesting, but... Um, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm hot and cold, kind of in the middle there with Cam this week. As far as Scotty goes, I know that he's, look, he's not like, I think the phrase I used for my article, the athletic is that he's not earth's mantle hot. Like he was earlier in the year, but since May 1st, he's second on toward strokes, gain ball striking. Like he's still really good. So he's still the man. And like, there's a lot of guys who get to that number one spot and they don't last, you know, we're going on what, so it was match play back in March. It's four months and his lead is big. He's got the biggest lead over number two in the world going into the open of of any player in five years. So, I mean, he's, he's thrived in this position. He's played some good golf. And since that last win runner up at the U S open, we know how close he was. He was right there. It really looked like early in the day that it was going to be his championship. And then he also had uh, the lost playoff to Sam Burns at colonial where Burns made that crazy putt to win. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on Scotty everywhere. I see him finishing in the top 10 again. It feels like a nice capper to his major championship season where he breaks through and gets a win, contends, and a couple others. Um, I could definitely see that happening. I, I literally just wrote down Scotty top 10 because that's yeah. going on my card. We're, I'm that's taking notes too. as we go along here. Well, the bets I'm definitely making. Scotty Scheffler top 10, absolutely. One other thing to add, the last time he missed a cut, was the PGA Championship at Southern Hills. And then the very next week, he was in that playoff with Sam Burns. So we don't worry about his bounce-back ability, the fact that he missed that cut 
at uh, the the Scottish Open last week. That we're we're not worried about that, right? He's only played. Yeah, he's only played in one Open, but he finished in the top ten. So right uh, last T8. year, Royal St. George's. Yeah, had a great week. So yeah, it's a style of golf that he's. <laughs> even though I did read that um, it was it wasn't until I think a year ago that he knew that St Andrews was in Scotland. I think he thought oh. it was in Ireland. I read, uh, but that's just Texas, Jay Ray. Yeah, don't you beat me to it? Don't take it personal, Jr. He's just from Texas. That's all. Uh, Listen, he's from Jersey, but he went to Texas. That's different. He 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 he's got a lot of Texas in him. Let's just let's just leave it that way. We have a lot Uh, of transplants, you know. (laughs) A lot of people wanted to put the flag up. It's fine. One of the fun things, speaking of the flag, that we used to to enjoy here on on Fairway Rolling, and I know that you uh, got to participate in this with us, we would play the F boys. Out of the F boys, you know who, who who's going to win? And I'm I'm sad to report that we it used to be three. We used to have Ricky Fowler, Tommy Fleetwood, and Tony Finau. Poor Ricky Fowler. Now look, he showed us some resurgence. So and, and there was really some possibility. Like hey. Come on, Ricky, get it done and get yourself into this open championship. It's the 150th. Um, everybody would have enjoyed seeing him. He, he, he ain't here. No, he. So after the 16th poll Saturday, he was one shot out of getting into a qualifying spot. Oh. And then he didn't make birdie the rest of the tournament. Oh, Damn it. <laughs> and Damn it, Bogey. Ricky Fowler. So, I mean, look, yeah, glimmers of hope. The game just kind of, come on, turn the corner. You know, yeah. you think he's at so, Baker's this week, House? Uh, I hope so because I'm gonna go see him. I'm going. To, right. I'm going next week. Um, but let's get to the F boys. Let's go ahead and talk about the two F boys that are on here. I will tell you, I was surprised. Speaking of your article on breaking down the best link style players, uh, one of these players I anticipated being on here, but I was. I didn't know that both of these guys. I didn't know that both Fleetwood and Feet now were going to be on this list. Here's your stat that I thought was the most remarkable thing, probably that I've come up with coming into the week. Going back to 1995, the Open Championship, among players with at least 20 rounds played, so a pretty good sample size, not you know a big one-off week earlier in your career or what have you. 20 rounds played since 1995. Three players have averaged two-plus strokes gained total per round at the Open. Jordan Spieth, Tiger Woods, and Mr. Tony Finau. And I don't think anyone... Hell yes. I don't think anybody would have seen that coming, but Tony has Top really taken advantage... Tony. <laughs> He's really taking advantage of his distance on these kind of courses. Um, his, he, he drives like he drives. I think it's like twelve yards further than field average. Um, really harnessing wherever the wind is going. He's a more creative player than I think people give him credit for. Um, he's, his ability to kind of see things and, and shape some shots is um, something that comes, I think, from kind of having a homegrown type type swing and, and abilities. So um, Tony's got some really great numbers on these kind of courses, man. He's He's, uh, like I said, third strokes gain total, that crazy number since 95. Um, and away from the Open, too, when he's played in some of the different Lynx-style events in his career, he's had some success. So um, Tommy's up there, too, in a lot of those rankings. Um, Fleetwood, I think, was I think it was him and Tyrrell Hatton had the most rounds on these types of courses on the DP World Tour slash PGA Tour since 2015. Um, and Tommy's had some success, too, obviously. So um, I'm going to pick – I know – Fleet, Fleetwood, well, he had a pretty good finish last week. He popped up at he the did. end of the telecast Sunday. He yeah. was one of those guys. He was like Juhu and Kim where he was like, where, this, where did he come from? I've been watching golf all week and, and hadn't seen him, but that does happen. Why um, isn't Fitzpatrick I, an honorary F-boy? Because No, won no, the no, Open? no. He's he, different class, different class altogether. Yeah, different Major class. champion. 
Yeah. Anytime you're the only guy besides Jack to win the amateur in the US Open on the same course, you don't get the one-off fun middle of the podcast, 40 minutes in, uh, quirky, consonant-related uh, prop bet. But I will go with Finau narrowly over Wheatley. Do you understand what your what what the risk proposition here is? No. We, Look, we you did made this. your thoughts known on Twitter immediately. I mean, I, I, know, I know. We we did this. We had what we believed to be a wonderful, not lock of the century, but at least lock of the decade, three-way make the cut parlay. We played Shane Lowry. We played Tony Finau. And I don't remember who the third. It was Willie Z, Willie Z of course. That was the third. And it was a really nice uh, plus odds number that we got to. And, and you, the disappointment for me, this is the thing. It looked like Tony hit the eject button. He bogeyed the last two holes. He was fighting during his Friday round and he yes. was at the number. Then he went below the number. Then he went above the number. And, but the last two it's holes, basically what you did, he bogeyed his way out of it. We walked More the course time. and then you got tired and you hit the eject button and went to the Amex tent. Well, because you 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 had ranch water going in there. That's my we drink did. of the summer, by the way. We ranch did. water. The fairway rolling. Everybody listening to this. Now this is not. We're I don't, all drinking you, it. You can't drink it in the morning. I don't recommend this uh, for everybody. We did. But it's it's and I I particularly like these ingredients. Nate Dog, you can clarify. But this is the official drink of the summer for the fairway rolling listeners out there. It's Patron. I like I like the Patron Silver. It's lime juice, freshly squeezed lime juice, if you can manage it. And then it's Topo Chico. It's soda, yeah. but I like the Topo Chico the best. That's that's my ranch water. I, those I, replace, particular ingredients. I replace your Patron with the with the Casamigos Reposado, but I know that Jay Ray has a view on this. Look, ranch water is everywhere. Is it, are, they, are they canning it and selling it in your parts? Because, I mean, it's every... No. It, oh, yeah. I oh yeah, that. there's like six different kinds at, at the grocery store, like H. House and I are Yankees. We're we're we're, right. we're new to no. this shit. No, it's, also, look, and it's, it's look, better it's to pour the ingredients you, yourself. Hundred percent. That's the point I was going to make. Like you can yeah. you can ranch as much as you'd like, and and lessen the water if you if you wish. You know, when you make your own recipe, you're subject to the whims of of mass production if you're going to the canned route. But there are some like I will uh, unless they want to send me a case or two. I'm not going to throw any of the names out there, but readily available. And I have had a ranch water or two in the summer as well. All right. There we go. Well, do you have to be drinking a ranch water to bet somebody outside the top 25 this week? Is there somebody on your radar who you think can win? And, and if so, who is it? Man, who, who can win? Now, I go outside the top 25. Look, I mean, like I said, my favorite live player, if I can say favorite, more likely, just more likely, more, most likely to succeed this week. Louis Ustazen's 24th. I mentioned what he's done at the Open the last few times. It was at St. Andrews. He won by eight, and then he lost in the playoff to Zach Johnson. I'll look at Tyrrell Hatton, a guy who hasn't had a ton of success in the biggest championships, but he's played better um, at the Open than at the other three majors. Um, and a guy who has a ton of experience on these different courses. Oh, and by the way, besides Tiger Woods, can you name another guy in the field who has had multiple victories at St. Andrews because Mr. Cheryl Hatton has won the Alfred Dunhill links multiple times. So um, that's something I'll keep in your back pocket. A guy who's had success on this golf course. If I've got to pick one guy outside the top 25 to win, I'll go with him. Uh, he's got a lot of those, you know, 
bona fides backing up in terms of, you know, building the resume, some good strokes, gain numbers across the board, really good short game. Um, so I'm kind of talking myself into liking him a little bit. I don't know. I mean, the I more I think say, about it, so that's, quite the case. Um, that's, that's a top 20. I'm putting on Tyrrell top 20. There yeah. you go. Some good value there. I mean, there's some more guys further down the board that not to win that I think are interesting, but um, we'll get to that. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I, I want to make sure um, that we hit on some of these combo plays and I'm going to use this as a way to Trojan horse ourselves into some JT talk. Major winners make the cut because this is positive vibes only uh, on this uh, occasion of the 150th open championship. Major winners make the cut parlay minus 164, kind of expensive. We've hit on Scheffler. We've hit a little bit on, on Fitzpatrick. I mean, part of, of why I've been so impressed with Fitzpatrick is like the strong player. What, what the breakthrough for him psychologically, it just shows through his face. You can see how happy he is. So that guy, I have no concerns. The way concerns. he walks. The he way he like, walks. Looks like a different guy. And I know he's BDE. On, he's it's, a, it's, <laughs> it's, he's, yeah, or, yeah, it's or, FDE. Or, big, or big bench energy too, because he looks like he's, he's put the time in the weight room, not like a rapid transformation, but like a gradual building of strength and swing speed. And look, it's evident in a lot of his swing speed numbers and his ball yeah. speed and the strokes getting off the tee. So um, the Fitzpatrick by strokes gain numbers has been the best player on the PGA tour since May 1st. I think it's five of his last six events. He's got the win at the U S open. I think four other top 10 finishes. So, so we um, have Scheffler and Fitzpatrick. We feel great about both of those guys. Yeah. JT is the third of our major winners thus far this season. And we have a tiny bit of concern and it, it has yeah. to, to do with his physical health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other thing, too, to keep in mind, uh, he's been a different guy at this particular major than at the other three. At the other three majors, he averages about 1.65 strokes gained total per round in his career. It's about 0.6 in his career at the Open. What's that about? Morikawa's been bragging about JT's shot shape all week. Tough to say. I mean, take a look, I mentioned how experience is, for most guys, not Morikawa, is extremely valuable when it comes to finding success at the Open. Like, I think the average number of starts, major starts for winners at the open since 2010 is like 38, 39. And that's with Morikawa looped into that and making it this is eighth start last year. Compare that to the U.S. Open, where the average number of starts before a win is like 20 in terms of career majors. So I mentioned all those different numbers. Experience really pays off. And look, he's only played the open a handful of times. It could be a thing where maybe not Nicholson-ish, where it takes him into his 40s to find success at the open, but it might just take him a little bit more time to to find that group. But I will say a lot of positive vibes, like house said, good vibes only. I'm taking that parlay, all three major champions. Oh, good. So you, you, you'll join it. I mean, his best open championship finish, I think is at least in, in recent memory, Around like 15th, right? It's, I see I a tied right for 11th. I see a yeah. tied for 11th in it's 2014. The only, major, only major he doesn't have a top 10 in. I mean, there's, there's just little anecdotal things that you can, you know, gives you a little bit of pause. Um, and then, you know, you mentioned the physical thing, but um, I, I, just too talented, too big of a moment, too tight with Tiger. I don't know. I feel good about it. Why not? Let's roll the dice. Well, I, I, I agree. It's with not that. that big of a dice roll. He's just, no, I mean, it's minus 164. We got to pay a little juice. Let's, sure. let's go down the card a little bit. Nate um, walked you into this uh, a tiny bit. 
There is a play on FanDuel. It's one of their tournament specials that I absolutely adore. Both these names were names that I had circled in in my brain coming into this week, and I wanted to figure out a way to play uh, both of them. And lo and behold, the good we're on the same wavelength, us in the FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm not surprised to see it. They have a play. You, the combination of these two players to finish inside the top 20 play, pays at 15 to 1. And these two players are Ryan Fox and Mark Leishman. Now, Leishman's Ooh. resume at this venue is, is, you know, precedes him. We know all about Mark Leishman. The question always with Mark Leishman is, how's his back doing? Yep. T14 at the U.S. Open at, at, at Brookline. So I think, you know, and I haven't heard anything since Brookline to suggest that there's been any kind of, of, of issue. The insider scoop from the... From from the Callaway crew, Leishman striping it. So I I like where he's at. And Ryan Fox quietly, who's been on a on a better heater than Ryan Fox lately? Seven top tens in Ryan Fox's last eleven starts. That includes a win on the DP World Tour. Second at the Irish Open. Second at the Dutch Open. Third at the BMW. These are not tiny events. These are these are good DP World Tour events. Um, playing the best golf of his career. He was one of the sneaky guys who I was going to have as a top twenty bet on his own. And I had Leishman down here, too, simply because of what he's done at St. Andrews. He's got one of the better scoring averages over the last five, six opens of anybody at St. Andrews. I think it's 70.5 in his career. Very easily could have won 2015. Uh, was in that playoff. I really like that. That's a that's a great prop bet. I mean, Fox is having kind of a – he's in the top 50 in the world. Last year around this time, he was around 200. He's been playing great golf, really consistent golf. Guy who can absolutely mash it. Um, really interested to see if maybe he could make some noise this week, but I like that, that, that tied those two guys together. Fox piqued my interest. And then when you said Leishman on top of that, that really got me going. So um, yeah, I'm in on that. That's scary for everybody. You have to be way almost. too positive with all these. Picks. I know I think it's scary. No to anything. <laughs> How's it's time. What's it time for? Well, you led him into the Rory's winning the open conversation you didn't actually ask him who he believes is about to be the champion golfer of the year Xander Shopley he's 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 1A for me just in terms of how hot he's been his success in the major championships without breaking through this feels like his time um and I know I'm not really going out on a big limb considering he's won the last two tournaments he's played but the list for me one through three was Shoffley one uh, I have Zalatoris at two in terms of a guy who like most to break through and win. Um, it just feels inevitable at this point. Um, his ball striking is unbelievable. The only thing that I think might one. hold him back um, is that he's he's only I think he's only played in one open and he had to withdraw, um, so he doesn't have a ton of experience there. But look, the guy runner up in two major championships this year, first dude in like seventy years to have six top tens in his first nine major starts. It's going to happen eventually, and no one should be surprised. No one really would be surprised if it happened this week. And then I've got Jordan Spieth in that top three as well, simply because of what he's done on links courses. His strokes game numbers are strong for the most part this year. Um, had a good week last week, and he would be a perfect seize the gigantic moment in the sport champion to have him win his second Open. So, um, But I'm going to go with Xander Shoffley to break through. So I, I got to come up with a Willie Z hedge because I was going to lay off of him after watching him at the Scottish. He looked a tiny bit sort of like he was learning. It was a learning process for him. I saw him try and hit a five iron. It must have been on Thursday. And it was it was in the 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 hay, but it was a, like the lie 
visually from the television looked amazing. And then he tried to hit the five iron and, and the, the grass did exactly what it does, which is grab it. And, and then I said this on Monday that he looked like one of us. Now, Nate said I, he didn't look like one of us, but in the, in the sense that the great, the grass either. And it, it was closed down <laughs> club face closed down. It went, you know, speaking of BDE, Willie Z good God, but it, you know, and then, and then he get up and down for, for, for bogey. But, um, you know, I, the, the the challenge is you you could say well that would be a reason to fade him. We watched Colin Morikawa last year use the experience of getting around again at the Renaissance Club in the Scottish Open the week prior to uh, Royal St George's and then just put the the hammer down. So I got to have a Willie Z hedge. Uh, what's the best way to to hedge it? Are we gonna are we gonna top ten him or are we gonna top twenty him? I I think I think you got a top twenty. I'm really nervous about Willie Z this week. Okay. It's been it's been too much that he's due he's due to not be in the in the top ten this this time we we've we've oversampled from the Willie Z uh, appetizer here and and I want to give him I want to empower him and give him permission to not be there top twenty most strokes gained total in the majors since the beginning of twenty twenty not Scheffler not Rom not Morikawa not Rory it's Will Zalatoris. You could, if you want to just top 30 him, it's only minus 135. Only got to lay a little bit of juice. He's basically counting on him to, to, you know, uh, finish in the top half of the group that makes the cut. That's like, that's betting that he will not make a nine. At some point. The the top yeah. 30 finish yes. there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, that's how that's going to be my hedge. I'm going to have to play Willie Z top 30. How, how are we really going to get out of a, open championship podcast with Justin Ray without talking about Bryson DeChambeau. He has the same <laughs> odds to win this week as Tiger Woods. They're sitting there at 65 to one. Well, Nate, yeah. you gave him the I, opportunity. I you said what the livers, we said exactly. who, who amongst the livers. I, and and what he did was Brooks. What he did was Brooks and DJ and Louis Usti. Louis, we didn't even I mean, talk Bryce, about BBC. And, and, and Nate Dog, when we watched Bryson together at the U.S. Open, he hit by far the longest drive on 18 and, and, you know, it, it was, he, I think he's healthy. He made the cut. Uh, you know, he, he, he wasn't he's living got around a lot of there. content guys around him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Making a lot of, making a lot of YouTube content, um, but doesn't have a, doesn't have a top 50 since January in a tournament, um, not funded by Saudi Arabia. So, uh, I, I mean, I look, I didn't even think of him when you said guys outside the top 25, it wasn't even a, or live guys, either one, either one of those categories. I didn't think about it just because he hasn't been competitive on a big stage in a while. Now, I mean, I, I, I put that mostly on health, on yeah. that hand issue. He's doing cryo with Timmy Tebow, issue, right? It's going to get better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Without question. I think he's too talented for it not to. Um, I just don't think – I don't have any reason to believe that he's 100% healthy yet. You know, and maybe it's it might be something where next season we think about it completely different. And he rips off a couple of the wins on the live tour. And, you know, we're, we're thinking about him as, as the guy from a couple of years ago, but I just don't have that kind of confidence right now in his health. But that, that's the challenge, right? Because we're talking about this venue that's going to play as firm and fast as anything we've seen over however many uh, years of recent memory. We'll just put it that way. And we know how far he hits it and he doesn't have to, you know, go driver. If he wanted to go driver 16 out of the 18 holes, he could do that. But he doesn't need driver. He's he's two to one to finish in the top thirty. I mean, maybe that's a way 
to have a, t- mm. a little bit of t- Bryson exposure. Let me ask plus you 200. this. Let me ask you this. Who's the most regimented, scientific, by the numbers, adhere to my strategy golfer on the biggest stage over the last five to 10 years? It's Bryson, right? Following yep. his script. Yeah. You know, struggles without being able to read putting books. Um, you know, the green reading books, like at Augusta National. Okay. This, what's this golf course? It's the yeah. it's the opposite of that. It's yeah. I don't know what the the fairway is. I have no idea. You're I'm hitting into a pasture, like <laughs> an ancient pasture in Scotland. Like it's just not, you know, paint by numbers, you know. And when he's got that dialed in and he's able to use his talent to the grace of his abilities and he can outmaneuver, you know, in terms of planning and everything, that's where all his advantages come from, right? So. This just isn't that type of golf course. So, well, and, um, and if you believe in the, the corollary with uh, Augusta, where we 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 all have strong confidence that he he's not been able to figure that out. He does not compute. And if you want to draw that comparison, then there would be another reason to fade him. But a long, hmm. difficult golf course with really high rough, Bay Hill, winged foot. Yeah, that's that's kind of his jam, right? But it's not it's not this place. Okay. All right. Well, we your your top three. Xander, Jordan Spieth, Willie Z. You didn't throw cold water on Rory, so I appreciate that. If any one of those three that you mentioned win, that's in alignment with what the golf gods in this occasion call for. When Rory wins, you'll know that the golf gods are rewarding uh, us for our our you know patronage uh, of Rory. Nate Dog, you've been quiet. Now we we didn't really put you on the spot on on Monday. Everybody knows who I like. We went through Jay Ray's top three. What's on the Nate Dogs platter? I have to go a different way, don't I? Do do yeah. you? You don't have it's to do anything. Like. Yeah, I, I gotta go a different way. I, I really, I think Scotty Scheffler's the best golfer in the world. I think he's gonna win the British Open. That's okay. cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool with me. I'd I buy that happening. Me too. I, and and Jay Ray really talked me into it at the end, reminding me that he was right there in the U.S. Open. I mean, he is going to play well on this golf course. And I think he's been out of the limelight for a little while, and I'm feeling good about Scotty. I'm just staring at Colin Morikawa, and I feel the sort of same way about him that I do about Bryson, which is that every time we forget those guys, you know they're going to be back. You know it. You know they're going to be back. And his hemming and hawing about his irons this week, I mean, I'm this close to picking Colin to win again. It's been too long, and the hemming and hawing about the irons is very reminiscent of last year when he said he couldn't even figure it out and he changed his clothes. I mean, it's the same shit. Every time he's talking himself down, that's when he strikes. And I will say, too, that statistically speaking, he is putting way better than he was last yes. year. And this is a, the slower green surfaces. He's had some success putting on those, obviously. He was, tr- he was tied for the field lead and putts per green regulation or putts per round one of the two i don't have it in front of me but he had some excellent putting numbers when he won it ultimately was that that kept him ahead of jordan speed coming down the stretch was making all those four six eight footers so yeah i mean Every look he time. could show up and 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 tie on a 64 on day one and no one would bat an eyelash Every time we see a guy like Morikawa at 28 to one, we make the joke on the pod a lot that he's just a guy. He ain't just a guy. Sometimes he plays like just a guy, but he's sitting there at 28 to one. He's won this championship. He's a two-time major winner. And what we thought was his Achilles heel 
in his putting, he's doing better than he ever has. So he's an above average putter this season. What's not to like house. I'm so happy. This is why we have you on this podcast, Nate dog, because you bring us all the way around. You remind us, you know, I, I get up, up close and personal. I let my emotions get the better of me. And you sit there and you rationally, he is none other than the defending champion of the open champion. He had to return the claret jug this week. Now he did play in the celebration of champions on Monday. He looked to be having a wonderful time. And if you like this connection, this correlation with Augusta national, I'll remind all the fairway rolling listeners, how bullish we were on Colin Morikawa in a variety of different ways to perform well at Augusta. And, and we were right. By golly, he did it for us. By golly, he did it for us. And he finished fifth at the U.S. Open. Who finished fifth at the U.S. Open? Oh, Morikawa did. Oh, see, see, see? That's Come right. On, Colin Morikawa did. This is what I'm saying. Colin Morikawa did. What are we That's doing? This He's is 28 to <laughs> 1. We're, 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 that's what we're doing. We're playing your guys, Scheffler. Do you, Tommy move, do you want to move has the off same of him? fucking odds. Do you want to move off of Scheffler? Do you want to do more? Do you want to be more Kawa? You want more Kawa on a back-to-back? Yeah, for, for value, I'm yes. all in on Morikawa. It's a great point. We're we're not gonna do any better than that. I mean, let's let's let that be the ending note. JR, where can everybody find your stuff this week? As always, at Justin Ray Golf on Twitter. Um, I'll be writing for the athletic all week long. Uh, preview article should be up Wednesday. Uh, huge. It's a zillion words. It's way too many words, but it was really fun to write. So I was fired up about it, but um, pjtour.com. You can read the article we mentioned about the best links players, uh, but the athletic and Twitter all week. So as for Nate and I, uh, our, our game plans to be back Sunday night when the Claret jug is in the hands of, of one of these guys, hopefully that we're, we're talking about strong ROI. It could be 28 to one column Morikawa. Why not? If anything dramatic uh, uh, develops, um, we're going to jump, open up a, a green room. We'll go live. We're, I mean, we're not afraid. We've done not it before, afraid. Nate. Dog, we'll ranch jump right water. in. Yeah, Sorry. ranch water green room. Uh, we'll be right in there. And uh, otherwise, we're, we're happy to be back with all our birdie buddies Sunday afternoon. I mean, it'll be mid afternoon when the 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 thing uh, is given out, and then you know, depending on time of day, you can go on out, grab yourself two ranch waters, get into a buggy. Get that 4.30 round off to a great start. The days are long here in the, these United States. If you got your afternoon, you know, your, your appetite for golf, championship golf is right there. So either in the in the green room, we'll see all of our parsing pals, our, our birdie buddies, or Sunday afternoon, we'll be back in touch with all of you. In the meantime, please enjoy Ranch Water. Hit them straight out there. And by all means, strong return on investment to everybody out there. <laughs>